Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to a fantastic episode of Fandom Talk. Um, we are sorry that it has been a little bit since you guys have heard from us. Um, last week, we had some different personal things happen in our lives. Uh, a, fr- a good friend of ours passed away, so we did take uh, some time off. We decided not to record last week. None of us were feeling at all. And for the record, we just want to you know, tell you all, you know, remind you that things like that are going to happen in your life. And if you have to take a step, step back from what you're doing or anything like that, no one's going to blame you for that. Take care of yourself above all. That's super, super important. So, yes, absolutely. Um, we are going to go ahead and just kind of jump right into it. Today we are talking all about Shang-Chi. Um, if you guys have not seen the movie yet, we are going to be going very spoilery. Um, so just real quick, non-spoilers, um, movie's fantastic. You've got to go check it out. Um, it's already made ninety million this week, I think. Sure, yeah. yeah, something like that. Like it's it's approaching it. It's it's supposedly it's going to uh, beat the Labor Day weekend record, and it's also supposedly going to be the biggest opening uh, since the pandemic. So definitely go check check it out. Um, if you guys have seen it, feel free to stick around. We're about to start talking all about it. Um, but once again, if you haven't seen it, we're about to go jump into spoilers. So. While I go ahead and do introductions, you guys can go ahead and get out now if you want to. First off, we have Red Lanyard, Al Manley, coming to us from Lexington. Al, how you doing? Um, that's me. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, how are everything's fine? How are you? <laughs> we're, we're doing good. <laughs> also, we got also we got uh, Admin Raven, Jenny. How you doing? Good, doing good, good. Yeah. yeah. Ready to talk about some Shang Chi? Yeah. Yeah. I'm vibing. You're vibing. Yeah. We we are we are vibing. vibing. We also of course have with us the Y Sage Josh. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm I'm good. A little cold in here, isn't it? Well, is, it is it cold? Freezing. Is it freezing? freezing? Yeah. Man, I, I like a like a chill seventy four. I I didn't I didn't notice. Yeah. You know, but 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 fortunately, Jenny has blankies, so I so I she's good. Blankets, so. Yeah. So she so she's good, uh, and. As always, I am uh, Jacob Vance Harsty. I'm the editor-in-chief here. Um, and yeah, so once again, we are about to jump right into spoiler territory. So you still got just a quick second. Are we going into spoiler territory? We are definitely going into spoiler territory. Have you heard about the spoiler territory? I, I, ha- I just, I don't want, I don't like spoiling things for people. Okay. You know, it's, you, you know, I just, I don't want to spoil anything for people. I just, you know. All right. So like, here's so where we're going into spoiler It's, it's going right into right it. Here. Just, just right into it. Just. Fin Fang Boom is not in the movie. Boom, right there. We just jumped right into spoiler territory. Um, I, I, I will admit, I, I was when, when they said like the Dweller in Darkness was behind that gate. I was like, oh come on, let a giant green dragon with an odd face just has pop out ever, of there. Has he ever been? He's never called the Dweller in Darkness. I just, it doesn't matter, Josh. Okay. They could have done that, and I would have been like, yes. Plus, they kept doing like this whole thing where it was like a like mild wish fulfillment for Win Woo, and I was like, "Oh, well, it could be, it could be Fin Fang Foom, it could be," but uh, but no, it wasn't. So you know, but anyways, um, by my uh, my displeasure at not singing Fin Fang Foom on the live action uh, big screen was kind of upsetting. But you know, we're we, one day, one day we'll get there. I'm, there was I'm, still a dragon. There was still a dragon. She was a good girl. She was she was the best, man. Um, Al, uh, just just opening up, just over overarching thoughts. What what do you think about the movie, man? Oh man, 
it was it was pretty awesome, y'all. Um, I know. <laughs> I know that, like, anybody who's listened to us for a while, I know that, like, it's going to come as, like, a huge surprise. Oh, wow, the everybody at FC really enjoyed an MCU film. But, like, Shang-Chi was so unbelievably well-made of a film that, like, like, I had really high expectations when I went into it because it was a wedding of two things I really, really love. It was a wedding of MCU comic book stuff and it was a wedding of martial arts films. And so I went into it super high expectations because those are two of my favorite things in this world. And um, it was, it actually blew my expectations out of the water. Um, my, My jaw was pretty open throughout the entire film. I think I texted y'all afterwards and I was just like, I still haven't caught my breath from, yeah. <laughs> from watching the movie. <laughs> like, um, it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to stretch a lot to find things to talk about today that I did not enjoy about it. It was, it was really good. I completely, completely agree. Uh, Jenny, what about you? No, I'm I'm the same way. Like uh, from start to finish, I was like hooked. Like mm-hmm. it was just so good. Like all the characters were super likable. Um, you know, and you know, even like the, you know, the villain. You know, like I obviously don't like it, but like you know, he was. He could you could understand him mm-hmm. from a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, Josh, thoughts on the movie overarching. Yeah, I mean, overarching thoughts is uh, it's it's a near perfect uh, superhero movie, and what's it? You know, what's interesting? This is a this is going to be kind of a, a backhanded compliment to Disney, but it it does remind me it, it it's it's the Disney pedigree to to take something which in this instance would be like the Wuxian style of martial arts films. It's a Disney pedigree to take something like that and then be like, okay, we're going to add, we're going to take that and then add all of our abilities in storytelling and in cinematography and in just overarching $250 million to it <laughs> and turn it into something that, you know, beyond what it has been. And I'm not, I'm not saying like this movie's barren, like House of Flying Daggers or anything like that. But what I will say is like the production value on this is of such high quality uh, that it really separates it from a lot of other martial arts style films. So like if you're going into this thing, you know, I, I've, I've heard people tell me like, well, you know, I've seen uh, Crouching Tiger and Dragon, you know, and and I'm like, if you're going in this thing thinking you're going to see a standard, you know, late 80s, early 90s, early 2000s, you know, Wuxian uh, martial arts film, uh, you really got another thing coming because there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, and so I, I was, I was very impressed with it. It was, it was better than I thought it'd be. And I thought it'd be good. I was looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I, I definitely agree with both, both you and Al, because I, I was really hoping that they were going to lean a bit more into the martial arts style. So to, to kind of differentiate, you know, Shang-Chi from different Marvel films and everything. And they really balanced it really well. You got, you guys both hit the nail on the head on that. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I loved pretty much everything about this movie. Um, Jenny, you you actually were the first person to mention Winwu, and 
that's actually kind of an interesting thing for for this movie is they change a lot about the core of really kind of the main storytelling aspects of Shang-Chi from the comics, um, primarily because, I mean, uh, and, and Larry Hama was one of the people who actually said this really early on in his time at Marvel, racial stereotypes against Asian Americans was really something that didn't really kind of start taking a turn until late 60s, early 70s, and even some even took to like the mid 80s. Originally, Shang-Chi's father was a character by the name of Fu Manchu, a very stereotypical villain and everything. Um, obviously, Kevin Feige made a point to where he was talking to people about how they were going to change that and really do a lot of different things with the character. But what did, what were your thoughts on Wen Wu just as a character, like as a whole? Because you, you were the first person to mention him. You know? um, I mean... I thought he was a really interesting villain because, mm-hmm. like, you kind of see, you know, well, obviously, like, you know, him, him his, that Sean's mom and him meeting everything, I think, was one of the cooler scenes in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the choreography and everything and that was just, like, stunning. Um, but, you know, you see a character development through, in such a short amount of time, I just thought it was really interesting how they did that because you, you could see you know, why he was kind of going insane with grief and everything. Mm. Um, but, you know, on on the other hand of that, like, he was letting, like, you know, his need for power in to bring her back. Like, it, it was an obsession, wasn't, you know, um, healthy, and I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, 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 you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, I, want, I want to step in real quick. I, I would I would normally not attempt to correct the EIC before we start getting hate mail if anybody actually does listen to this. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Uh Stereotyping against Asian um, against against Asian Asian culture is not something that that we we haven't been fighting that for probably the last ten years. Honestly, that's probably the first time. Fair because uh, you got to understand. I mean, you said late sixties or seventies. Well, that's Vietnam, you know. Mm-hmm. And then of course, I mean, going all the way into the eighties, you're still dealing with you know uh, the vietnam veterans and everything they're coming back uh and i mean i i would i would just assume that the idea of like not having stereotype asian culture that's something that's really brand new in a lot of ways particularly compared to i i, I just don't want to give marvel too much credit and be like you know in the 70s they were like well you know we're gonna have the shang chi you know kung fu character uh, and we're not gonna do asian stereotypes anymore and like that's just not something that's that's correct that's no, you, you, you are, you are correct. Yes. And, and thank you for correcting me. Yes. I, I do apologize. I didn't mean to, by no means did I mean to diminish the fact that that has been such a prominent thing. And that is one of the reasons that this movie is very, very important for that. Um, I, I do apologize. I was mainly just kind of getting towards the fact that they did change when Wu, you know, everything, and they were really trying to make him a more complex character. Um, Al, what were, what were some of your thoughts on when Wu just as a villain? And or really just a character in general, honestly. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with um, how that character was executed. Um, all all credit in the world um, to Tony Chu um, did an incredible, credible job with that character. Um, it was it was wild to see. 
him take on the mantle of a character who is often uh, depicted as being very um, just very evil in like a black and white sense. Um, whereas this iteration of the character felt so much more nuanced and um, and complicated to where, you know, you were constantly having to kind of juggle what you knew about this character with how you felt about him at the same time, because you had to balance the fact that this was a character who had lost so much, um, who had so much taken away from him, and he felt very betrayed and felt very desperate at the same time, having to balance that with the fact that this was a very, you know, a a very power-hungry, very abusive um, uh, father as well, and and having to balance it. And it just really speaks to his performance that um, so often I found myself um, really sympathizing with this character who's who at the end of the day did a lot of horrible things but um was still able to come across as as very interesting and um and very relatable as well if anything i got kind of upset by the end of the film because i watched it and i was just like well i mean their treatment of this character um is basically what I would want to do if I were to do like um, a Vandal Savage film um, and they beat me to it um, <laughs> as far as as far as crafting this character in a really cool and, and new refreshing um, kind of way. So if anything, I was just like, well, damn, I can't do I can't do that idea anymore. I have to have to refuse a few calls from from. <laughs> Warner Brothers now as I reworkshop this idea, but, uh, <laughs> but I know it was awesome. I mean, that was for sure a standout uh, performance in the movie. Absolutely, uh, Josh. Thoughts on Winwoo? Yeah, I think I think Winwoo is kind of the. I mean, other than Simu Liu, did I say that right? Yes, Simu Liu. Yes. Yeah, I mean, other than other than our main character, I think he is the standout. Although it's, it's a it's a film full of standouts in a lot of ways, um, but I, yeah, it, it's it's almost a tried and true at this point. Um, you know, Marvel does this thing very well where they give you, uh, you know, Marvel gets a lot of heck for their villains, um, but. They, they also are very good at giving you villains that aren't really villains. I mean, they're that at least have something that you can hold on to, uh, to relate to them because this is a, this is a character that's very, um, I mean, this, this is a character that, that experiences a redemption, so to speak, and then has that taken away from him. And so there's not, you know, it reminded me, actually reminded me a lot of, uh, Dracula and Castlevania. I mean, it's basically mm. pretty much the exact same premise. Uh, except without, you know, the, the world-ending uh, demons and the uh, sheer hatred for Catholicism that happens in Castlevania. That is true, yes. Uh, but in this one, there, there is, there's a lot of, you know, when you're, when you're watching this, you know, let, even if you don't agree, you understand uh, why he is the way he is, you know, and, and uh, how, why he feels the way he feels. Um, and so it, it's a very, 
it's a movie that uh, is very empathetic to all sides. Um, even though, you know, uh, even, even if by the end of you're like, you know, really do like you should, you should at least understand by now how dumb all this, how, how dumb this idea is. Uh, you still are at least empathetic to what he's going through and, and why he's uh, going to such great lengths uh, to, you know, to break down this gate uh, that, uh, that, you know, parent contains some type of power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, it's a it, no. I, I thought uh, I thought it was, and of course, you know, just just grounded uh, totally. I mean, there's this is the entire cast is just very good at, at uh, grounding this very um, almost and supernatural is not really a word, but it's this very mystical storyline they're doing mm-hmm. uh, is very grounded due to the actors they've gotten to play all these different roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I. I, I completely agree. I um, there there were points. I, I think the true test to how you write a good antagonist is if there is a point where I start thinking, well, maybe he might have a point, but then you're like, and I'm kind of with Al. I'm, I'm like, wait, no, he he did. He's done a lot of bad things. Like I can't really be in full support of him. You know when. Shang-Chi is trying to be something different and, you know, you want him to be something different, but at the same time, you're also like, but yeah, I probably would have taken out the, uh, the, I can't remember what they were called, but like whatever gang killed, killed his wife. I probably would have been like, yeah, you know, all that makes sense, you know, all that's fair, you know, but, um, but yeah, no, he, um, Tony, um, is it, is it Lang? It's L-E-U-N-G. It's Leung, I think is how you say it. Um, I, I tried looking up proper pronunciations of the actors uh, and the characters they were they were portraying in this film, um, just to try and do it correctly. I apologize. I know I'm butchering the names, um, so you know, bear bear with us on that. Um, but uh, yeah, Jenny, um, how much uh, had you really? How much had you read of Shang Chi before before the film, or did you oh, really literally nothing? Literally nothing. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, so I knew nothing about anything going into that. It. Is actually perfect for the next question. Then, uh-huh. what what did you think of Shang Chi as a character and his really his introduction into the MCU and how he's going to really kind of work? I'm assuming with the Avengers. What do you think of him? This oh, as a character? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved uh, I loved his entire story. Mm-hmm. Um. Like it does, it, it you know. I told somebody last night. I was like, it's on Black Panther levels mm. as far as it going something from start to finish. Mm. And I just thought they did like the, like even his history in a really good way, like how they went back to the scenes with his mom and stuff like that. Like mm. I don't know, it was just done so well. So yeah, they didn't really. I definitely want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. They, I thought it was kind of interesting. You you mentioned the flashbacks. I thought it was kind of interesting. They didn't. I kind of enjoyed that they kept going to the current and then going back, so that way you didn't get everything up front. So it wasn't a massive like exposition dump, like twenty minutes, and then then you jump into the movie. You know what I mean? Where it's more about like explaining who he is as a character. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. I was I'm with you on that. Um, Al, what were your what were your thoughts on Shang Chi just as just as a character overall, and 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 of course uh, Simu Liu's uh, performance as him. And had you read any of the comics, Al? Um, yeah, um, so, so Shang-Chi, I haven't read any Shang-Chi comics, um, with him as, like, the headline of the comic. Um, he had come up in other stuff I had read in the past. I used to read a lot of Heroes for Hire, 
and he'd pop up in that a lot. Um, and then he was very prominently featured in a Spider-Man story called Spider Island, um, uh, which is really good uh, and worth a read to anybody out there. But um, so I had seen him um, and encountered him through other characters I had read. So I knew like a, a little bit about him. Um, this was probably the the second least amount of background info I had about a character going into their film. Um, second after the f- first um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I didn't know like anything about them because I never read any cosmic stuff in the Marvel side. Um, so I knew some about Shang-Chi, but not like any real specifics about on um, that character himself. Um, so I thought it was awesome. Um, again, I love martial arts. I love martial arts films. Um, and you can tell that this guy has been training for a long time and has been trained by some of the best because those were some of the most incredible combat um, scenes and choreography that I've ever seen in anything. Like, um, just so many of those action sequences were so fast-paced, but the choreography was executed so well. Um, I was constantly impressed by that. And then uh, the main thing that really impressed me about this character and how he was depicted in this was that even though the setting of the film was kind of this fusion between, you know, the real world and like this more mystical side of the MCU, um, so much about his character, like Josh had said, so much of it felt so grounded um, in reality. Um, um, It's kind of a small detail, but the scenes that take place in his home uh, before he goes overseas um, and he lives like in New York and he has like this shitty kind of like street garage um, transformed into an apartment type place where he lives and stuff. Um, and just like so much of it felt very real. It felt very um, realistic to see and stuff. And I thought that was really cool to be able to balance that with all this other wild stuff with like dragons and magic and ethical towns in China and and things like that. I thought it was really awesome. Um, But yeah, I'm very excited for more. I can't wait to see where he pops up again and sequel films and Avenger films. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for more Shang-Chi. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, And, you know, you mentioned Spider Island, by the way. That was actually just referenced in the latest uh, Shang-Chi comic uh, written by Jean Lu and Yang. Um, And I cannot suggest that series enough for anyone. Um, Just it's a really good introduction to the character. If you if you knew very little about him, if you knew just him from the film, definitely worth checking out. Go to go to your local comic book store and see what they've got, see if they can order you some of, some of the books or if they've got them already, 
definitely a series worth checking out. Um, and they do, Spider-Man does show up and they talk about how when Spider-Man apparently lost his spider sense during Spider-Island, they came up with mm-hmm. uh, a martial arts style called The Way of the Spider, which I thought sounded really cool. I have not read Spider-Island. Um, I want to now. And I know, because uh, I had heard great things about it already, and that just sounded really cool. So uh, I will definitely be checking that out uh, pretty soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely some things that worth checking out if you guys wanted to get more into some comics after just not only just enjoying the films, but also enjoying the comics that the films were based on. Uh, Josh, thoughts on uh, Simu Liu and uh, his performance at Shang-Chi? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, it's a star-making performance. Uh, it's, it's right up there in a lot of ways. I think it's going to end up being... Uh, maybe not as important, but it's, but the best comparison would be Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man just mm-hmm. taking a character and uh, embodying it, and um, you know, and really kind of, in a lot of ways being what the MCU needs right now. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's 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 a vacuum in the MCU right now uh, with with Iron Man and with Captain America gone, and one with Black Widow gone now. The four uh, more leading roles, and I think uh, I think you saw one pretty clearly here, and uh, and it's different too. Uh, the the thing I kept thinking while watching the movie is particularly in comparison to the comics, is that this is the film that in the MCU that deviates the most from the standard comics. Um, a lot of the Shang Chi uh, comics that I've read uh, are very much based in the almost. Enter the Dragon style Bruce Lee kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. back alley brawls and things like that. Um, and so that's really where he was at. Um, I haven't read any of the newer stuff, but I know just from the 70s, 80s stuff, that's where he's at. And this is not that at all. Uh, you know, this is a, you know, fights on a on a cosmic level, interdimensional and things like that. And, and I mean, you know, there's, I know some Iron Fist fan is going to be very unhappy because... You know, he's, he's the, that concept of the great protector, you know, it's not exactly like the dragon in Iron Fist, but it's close enough to where you're like, I wonder if there's if there's any more plans for old Iron Fist, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, you know, there, there's there's a lot that they that they took. And, you know, and that was my main question when the film was first announced was, you know, in, in a in a in a universe where, you know, uh, you have Iron Man who can you know, uh, build whatever he wants. And so he can stand toe-toe with anybody in universe with the Hulk in universe of Thor in universe of Captain America, who's, you know, power levels fluctuate uh, quite a bit, you know, and, 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 and in that universe, what is, what is Shang-Chi going to be? And of course the answer was to give him, you know, this new version of the Mandarin drinks, um, you know, which is now you're, I mean, which is a serious deviation, but, one that once again I'm not really that upset about. I think it I think it was the proper choice and the and the right idea. Um plus they're awesome. Plus so they are that. just so awesome. <laughs> and also I mean like, you know, I you know, it, it's it's just it, it it was just the right move uh to to do this and to to bring it into a into a universe here. And and, and of course we're I know we're gonna talk about the post credit scene, but I'm just really intrigued with with how that's going to fit into the MCU mythology to begin with, how the rings will fit into it. So, mm-hmm. but not uh, overall, the, the performance is just, it's star making and uh, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm just really glad it's out there. Yeah. No, I couldn't, 
I couldn't agree more. Um, I think one of the one of the key things about Shang-Chi that I've always really enjoyed about, especially in more recent years within his comics, um, CM Punk wrote one that was just kind of like a like a one shot that was really interesting. Um, and then he was all, when he was also with the Avengers, he was always very just for lack of a better term, just very chill. He was very down to earth. Um, you know, he would he would quip with Spidey and stuff like that. And but he could just as easily be doing that as he was, you know, facing down an entire organization of assassins, you know, and and you know, dealing with the the fact that he was the son of this of a of in the comics, a much more ruthless and evil person. It was just really cool to see kind of that balance of his characterization. Um, one of my it's a very small part, but I love on the bus when he gets thrown into a seat and he just waves at the girl next to him and then gets right back up and then gets right back into the fight. It's just, like I said, it's a very quick scene, but you know, in the same way, like you said, that Robert Downey Jr. embodied Iron Man, that's, that is Simu Liu embodying Shang-Chi. And I, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, Jenny, I was actually really, really excited to talk to you about this um, with your art background. What was your thoughts on just the way that they use kind of the colorization of the film and really just kind of the cinematography of it? Because there's never really in modern day films, especially in modern day action films, there's a lot of times where the fights or the cuts go so quickly that you have no idea what's actually happening. And with this one, I think we had discussed, we had mentioned it after the film last night. There was never a point, except for maybe when some of the water stuff at the end with the with the dragons. There was, but besides that, there was never a point where I did not know what was happening. You know, what, what were some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I thought that was really cool to watch because, um, well, like I mentioned with the, the one of the first fights we see is the one between, um, like the, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but, what, the, what yes, mm -hmm. and the wife. Uh, um, Ying, Ying Lee, yes. I think is her name. Yeah. Well, that was just so, like, that was very artistic. Just mm -hmm. the whole, like, the color scheme the choreography um i just really loved it i don't think we've i i don't think we've seen anything done like that in marvel yet uh maybe the closest thing would be as far as choreography goes maybe daredevil mm -hmm. uh but i mean that's technically not you know or is it an mcu i don't know it, it's it's still up in the air you know we're we're <laughs> we're, 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 we're hoping we're you know we're, we're hoping anyway, you know um but yeah no i thought it was very i thought it was very original i actually came to think of a movie that that's that has done anything like that yet mm. but um yeah i loved it i think the the ones that would really come closest to me like in like from my thoughts of it would have been like josh had mentioned of a couple of different martial arts films like house of flying daggers would be the one like that scene in the forest really literally the first thing that I would think of right but like know? recently like it just doesn't really exist in no you know uh cinema right now mm. i don't think so um yeah yeah Al, what about you, man? What were some of your thoughts on the different, the, the kind of the art direction and the different cinematography that they've used, that they use in this film? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I mean, Asian filmmakers have a very rich history in being able to use color and um, very, very artistic types of fighting choreography. Um, I was going to say the same thing as you and Jenny was 
talking about it, that opening fight um, um, between those two um, screamed House of Flying Daggers to me. Um, they're like, they're, <laughs> they're basically is a fight that like happens in a forest with like a bunch of nature stuff happening in house of flying daggers that like, uh, very much aligns with, um, that fight. But, um, yeah, this is, this is the kind of stuff Josh talked about iron fist earlier. And this is the kind of stuff, the visuals, the cinematography, the fighting, choreography this is the kind of stuff that people were expecting from iron fist um this is what everybody was hoping from iron fist um and for for various reasons iron fist uh, was not that um but shang chi was just a spectacle i mean um you couldn't take your eyes off it and it was so refreshing to see an action film especially a superhero film um provide action sequences and fight sequences where you could actually see what was going on like you were saying like you know you compare it to like um this Eider cut where everything is just a various tinge of black and gray and you can't really see what the hell's happening <laughs> for most of the fight um seeing just the brightness and seeing like you know it really accentuated um the kind of like the character vibes that he, he was giving off of shang chi of this person who's who's trying to be very bright who's trying to to fight off his history and his past and become um a more bright person and find a, a purpose in that um i thought it was really cool how they kind of reflected that with just a very bright film um but yeah it was again it was a spectacle it was a spectacle to see um, it was awesome <coughs> josh thoughts on the uh the some of the choreography and then the different uh the cinematography that they used and kind of different kinds of styles yeah, uh, you know, this is the, uh, from, from the FC standpoint, this is the second uh, martial arts film technically we've done this year. And, um, you know, I, the entire time, there's a scene where uh, Zhai Jialing, Jialing, his sister, yeah. uh, you know, uh, is given a, a kunai, which is a, a spear on a rope, mm -hmm. which, as uh, Jake, you would know, is the, the central weapon used by scorpion in a in a little game called mortal Kombat. no i don't i don't think you so. don't think it is you no. don't think it is well Al, you would know it's the central weapon used by scorpion it seems weird uh in a game called mortal Kombat. and yet we had the the mortal Kombat movie come out and you had very little uh of of any of that and uh very little scorpion at all and it's almost like this movie was just like you know, we're just gonna. Yeah, it, it did. I, I know they were working on this movie like while Mortal Kombat was being filmed and everything, mm -hmm. but it almost seemed pointed at some of the scenes where you just got all this these these awesome moments and just like really you know uh, innovative uses of the of the kunai weapon you know in in ways that are just 
you know, both fascinating to watch, but also, uh, you know, fun and, and you know, and, and just uh, really uh, beautiful on screen and, and everything. And it, it's just like this, this movie is just such a step above uh, from what, you know, we're used to uh, really in a lot of, in a lot of mainstream uh, fight sequences. Uh, it, it just really is, you know, some of the things that you see, um, you like little things like they go out of their way to show, you know, uh, the differences in fighting styles, mm-hmm. you know, so like every, no, no one fights the same in this, in this film, you know, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a real difference in how, uh, Shang-Chi fights and how, uh, Zhai Ling fights and how, uh, is it Auntie Nan <laughs> fights, you know? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Michelle Yeoh's character. Michelle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fights, you know, and how Wenwu fights. There's a real difference. Somebody, somebody thought this choreography through, and you haven't really, you know. Normally, we don't say nice things about these movies, but you haven't really seen that concept of like how someone fights as part of their personality since the the prequel trilogy in Star Wars, mm-hmm. because that was a big thing for them was to have Anakin. Fight completely different than Obi Wan. Fight completely different than Count Dooku. Fight completely different than Palpatine. Fight completely different Qui Gon. There was a big. Di- that was a thing that they spent a lot of time on. More time they spent on say like the script, apparently. You know? yeah. But like, but they did. They spent a lot of time on on making that happen. And so that this is very similar. You know, they there is a when you watch this movie, you know, you're you can you, they're the way they fight comes out in their personalities, and of course that's most prevalent in that last fight between Wenwu and, uh, and, and Shang-Chi where, you know, his, his entire concept is in controlling these rings as like a means of defense, as opposed to Wenwu using them as a means to strike and as a means, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and, and just the, just the differences and, you know, and like there, I really do like when this movie comes out on, on Blu-ray or when it hits Disney plus, I really do hope that there's some some behind the scenes where we talk with the choreographers because, you know, there's there's a real study of martial arts here, uh, and 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 how things are done, um, and and how like, you know, how the how the fighting styles uh, really complement the story that's being told. It's more than just like, you know, Win Wu's a killer and Shang Chi's not. You know, it's more than that. There's an internal struggle going on there that's prevalent through the fighting sequences that are happening. Um, and you just don't, you just don't get that in a lot of movies. You know, mm. most of most movies use fighting, uh, scenes as a means of just like, Oh, cool. Let's have something cool happen here. You know? Um, and this is, this is a different, this is a different concept, you know, where, where like everything that, that happens on screen has meaning to it as opposed to just, you know, like, well, we just got to have a fight scene here. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 it's, it's, it's that it, it's a brilliant achievement in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's like, it, it like I said, it's just, it's just a cut above what we're, what we're used to. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you, I actually have a follow-up to what you, what you had said. Um, because this is, because this is the second martial arts film that we've covered, but for technically it's the third one we've seen this year. Um, the first two being Mortal Kombat and Snake Eyes. Um, I don't know what you're talking about with Snake Eyes. I, I, I understand and I agree, <laughs> but that's actually where I'm coming from because you, you yourself had mentioned not only had that 
Shang-Chi was someone that you may may not have had, you know, a lot of exposure to when you were younger. Um, and this is the story where that deviates the most from the comics versus Snake Eyes, who you adore greatly, and Mortal Kombat, which, if I'm correct, is probably somewhere in your top ten video games of all time. Do you? Th- why do you think that this film worked, even though they deviated, um, even though they deviated from the source material so much, as opposed to Mortal Kombat and and Snake Eyes, which deviated a lot from their source material and yet do not work, in your opinion? Yeah, well, that goes back to once again. Look, there's there's a lot. There's I know the, that I probably just set off like a thirty minute train. There, yeah, but. There, there's a, there's a lot to criticize uh, Disney about as a corporation, as an entity, you know, as an evil monolith. You know, there's a lot to criticize them about. Okay, but the the through line that goes all the way back to when Walt first drew a little mouse to today is competency. You know, the, the whole point of, of, of all this, the whole point of Disney Studios, the whole point of, of all this was when Walt Disney gained power, he used that power to get the best people he possibly could to produce some of the best movies we've ever thought of. That concept is still there, for better or worse, <laughs> you know, depending on depending on how you look at it. That's why I meant by the beginning when I said, like, you know, they didn't, th- th- none, none of the stuff in this is new. Like, it's mm. not, no, nothing in here is new, but it's given, it's given, you know, perhaps a, uh, you know, a, a, a strong script as you've ever seen, you know, uh, uh, the best actor you could possibly get, the best choreographers you could possibly get. Um, you know, two hundred fifty million dollars production. I mean, if you give if you gave House of Flying Daggers two hundred fifty million dollars of production, it'd be pretty awesome too. It just mm-hmm. that doesn't exist though, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, there therein lies the difference. And that, that's that's why things that's why this movie is a cut above Snake Eyes is is because it's built with care. You know, I mean, like, this is a movie that literally starts with the. I mean, the one of the reasons this movie happens, I, you know, and this I don't think this is prop enough, but in two thousand seventeen. Uh, you know, uh, Simon Liu said, "Hey, Marvel, when are we gonna do the Shang Chi thing?" You know, and like then he was cast. You know, and like <laughs> and they all went into this movie saying we want to do the best possible version of this. You cannot tell me at any point during the Snake Eyes movie they were like, "We want to do the best possible version of this." No, they wanted to. They wanted to say, "Hey, maybe we can get sixty million dollars out of this, and then we can get three more films out of this, and convince somebody else to give us some money." That's what the Snake Eyes movie is. That is not what this movie is. There's a big difference in how these people approach these movies, you know. And with Mortal Kombat, it's just it's different because the you know they went into Mortal Kombat. It's the same thing. Mortal Kombat as a movie only exists to set up another movie yeah. because Mortal Kombat doesn't happen in the Mortal Kombat movie. You know, so like it's weird. Yeah, so it, there's a this movie is not, and that's that's the beauty of it. This movie will set up several movies, but like they went into it saying, let's make this movie the best one we possibly could be. You know, and that that's the that's the hilarity of all this is that the MCU has invented this thing where you know you want to set up more movies, and everyone tries to copy it, but they copy it with the with the idea of well, we need to. Before we do anything, we need to figure out how this movie is going to set up a bunch of other movies, which is where DCEU fell, which is where Tom Cruise's dark 
Universe, no, universe oh, fell. Forgot about that one. Which is where the Snake Guys movie falls. Which is where Mortal Kombat fell. You know, which is what is then going to end up happening with whatever they're doing with Venom and Carnage and Morbius. That's why those are going to fail. Mm. Is because you have a concept where you're not caring so much about the basic movie as opposed to what we can, how we can brand this out so we can get several movies out of it. And, you know, and the reason MCUs work so well is that these movies stand alone as well as lead into other movies, or at least the best ones do. There's probably, like, you know, everyone gripes about, like, Dark World and Iron Man 2 and stuff like that, and fair, okay? But, like, the reason these movies have lasted as long as they have, the reason there's 25 of them now is because the vast majority of them stand alone as movies on their own two feet as opposed to just a part of a bigger universe. So there, you're right. There was your 20 minute hmm. train dissertation. All right, know, but you I asked the question. Like 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah, but no, you no, you asked the question. I did. I did. No, I that was literally something I thought about asking just you uh, when we were coming up with the idea for the podcast. Um, Jenny, I I wanted to ask you because I know that you you said you basically fell in love with these characters like as soon as you saw them mm. of Katie and Jailene. Yes. Kind of as the two. I, I, I hate calling them side characters because obviously but I don't think they are side I, I don't think characters. they are side characters. I think they're they're just two two other great characters in this movie. There's you know? very real parts of this movie where I was like, maybe it should have been called Shang Chi and Zai Ling and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I think that yeah. would have been fine. I yeah. would have been fine with that too. Yeah. yeah. But what what were what were some of your thoughts? You know, because once again, these are two Zai Ling Katie's a brand new character, um, kind of the similar Vain, a lot of people compared her to like Darcy Lewis from the Thor films. I can definitely see that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ling is kind of a mixture of a couple of different characters from the comics that are Shang-Chi's like sisters, mm-hmm. um, but they all just kind of morphed into one. But what were your thoughts kind of of them as characters in this and their different story arcs as well? Because uh, they mean, definitely arcs as well. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, let's see. Starting with Katie, um, I, I loved her personality. I thought she was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how. They, they might be leaning towards a romantic relationship. I don't know. But I like how it's not really focused on that. It was just like they were just legit best friends. Mm-hmm. And he was just going to stick by him no matter what. And, like mm-hmm. It didn't seem like there was any ulterior motive with that. And I really liked that. It seemed very natural. It didn't seem forced. They didn't like, have any slow motion eye locks yeah. like, or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they did have eye locks. But, again, it wasn't anything like, you know, romanticized or sexualized. It was just very, like, you know you know, he's, he's one of my people. Like that's, mm. you know, this is the way it was. And I really like that. Cause I don't feel like that's ever done well in movies. Like, mm. um, and then like, uh, his sister, again, I just don't want to butcher their names. So I, I will get them eventually. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but she was really just so badass. I uh, loved everything about her. Josh mentioned the cool weapon that she had. I want one really bad. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> well, we can't let that happen guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like yeah no like they they I just think they float so well it didn't seem nothing seemed forced about their characters and I think sometimes that happens with uh, female leads and um, you know the the equality was there and it was just you know again very natural mm-hmm. you know it was just like this is just the way it is you know and it did show that her dad was very you know not that way but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah yeah so thoughts on her in that in the very last post credit scene where she's kind of taken over mm-hmm. the Ten Rings, but 
you know, is she gonna? I mean, how is she gonna uh, use it? You know, I'm like, like you, 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 girl. You yeah, know, she you seems know? to know what she's doing, right? She, um, no, I don't know. Like that—that'll be an interesting storyline. But I mean, it'll be hard for me to root against her. <laughs> it was—it was very important, I think, because like literally the first thing you see is her on the throne. The next thing you see is, uh. Males and females, yeah, very very equal. Yeah, they're not really equal. I mean, I'll be honest. There's like there's like eighteen females with three guys. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, good fair. Yeah. But yeah, but that's you know, yeah. But he was raised around mostly just men fighters, mm-hmm. so that's kind of seemed, you know, why wouldn't she kind of go that way mm-hmm. for a bit? Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Al, what were what were your thoughts on Jailing and Katie, kind of as the as the partners with the with Shang-Chi. Well, they were awesome. Um, I think I keep trying to think back on other recent stuff I've seen. I think this was the first thing I've ever seen Aquafina in. Um which is a tragedy because Aquafina's awesome. Um she she was super funny by far um the on uh, the backbone of the humor of the film, uh, the backbone of like a lot of the human element, honestly, of the film. Um, um, Aquafina was awesome. I can't believe this is the first thing I've seen of her because um, she's incredible. I'm gonna c- correct that um, very soon. But, um, yeah. Um, and then um, this <laughs> this speaks a lot both for um Xylene and for um again just the uh, um combat choreography in the film in general because every time Xylene was in a fight and it cut away to Shang-Chi um I was very much like wait no go back I want to see what else I was too. <laughs> because yeah. there's a there's a part in um um during the siege of uh Taolo where she's facing off against um <laughs> against a razor fist um and she has like her new dragon scale weapon that's like the rope with the spear and on the other end of it is like um the heavy ball at the end of the chain and she's like using that and there's like a five second scene where she uses that against razor fist and then it goes back to shang chi and what he's doing and i was like very upset i was just like no <laughs> no go back i'm ready to see we have done enough time jumps in this film that letting that entire fight play out and then going back in time to see what Shang-Chi was doing at the time would be totally acceptable because that was an awesome fight about to happen. <laughs> like, um, I really hope we get like a director's cut of this film where all of the fight scenes are like three times as long as they were in the movie um, because that just be incredible but um no i wouldn't um about the last scene the after credit scene i would not be surprised if in follow-up films we see xyling take a eric killmonger-esque kind of character journey of 
her taking control of the Ten Rings and kind of being um, like kind of towing the line between anti-hero, anti-villain type of character. Um, And then Shang-Chi trying to come to terms with that and figure out, you know, um, the parts of what she's doing that are good, the parts of what she's doing that are bad, and having that be kind of like um, the ethical center of um, a sequel film. Um, I think that'd be really interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's the direction they go in because um, she had a lot of great scenes. She had a lot of great um, character growth um, and characterization in general um, throughout this movie. So I wouldn't be surprised to see um, the writers take that kind of um, complex kind of anti-hero-esque character journey with her in her new role. I think that'd be really, really cool. Yeah, no, I I would love to see all of that. That'd yeah, awesome. um, two things. Uh, one, I completely agree with you on um, hashtag hashtag uh, release the cretin cut. Um, oh God, yeah, not, not that. And, 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 and that's the only one of those I'd be okay with. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and not because we dislike the original version, but just because we want like we like it so much, we want more. Of it. Yeah, we we want like the three hour cut uh, that has like all the fight scenes just just completely done, you know? Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, because, and I forgot to mention this when I first started talking about them, um, the actress playing Jai Ling, this was actually her first film performance. Um, what? Oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, she literally, she was a theater actress uh, in China, and they they saw her, I believe, in their performance of Oliver Twist, uh, where mm. she was playing Dodger, and... Uh, they you know, like we choose you. and yeah, and they went for and I don't know. I don't know. No, they uh, apparently her and Ben Kingsley uh, got really close because Kingsley was trying was coaching her on the differences between theater versus uh, film. Everything in this story sounds false. It I'm, does. No, look, look, Five seconds. I, I, look it up on Wikipedia. Someone else do this, okay? I, I swear to you, all of this is true, okay. Uh, this is true. <laughs> Mario. Um, yes. No. I. <laughs> that's the first Toad impression for the podcast, guys. Um, no, that's. I swear to you, that's true. Okay. If okay. you look her up on Wikipedia, because okay. I did this before the before the podcast. Okay. okay. I know you don't believe me, but okay. Okay. Then and that's fine. She was so you know? good. She is so good, and I and I want her in multiple things, and I. I would watch a Ten Rings trilogy where it's just her and occasionally Shang-Chi shows up, you know, like yeah. just like you all said. No, I would 100% agree with that, yeah. you know. Um, Josh, thoughts on Katie and Xiling in this movie? Um, you you kind of have a leg up now because you know that this is Xiling's first uh, film. I, I, first turn, I, I <laughs> And I do not know how to properly say her name. It's Ming or Zhang, I think is how you say her name. I'm... Probably butchering that, nah, I, I know. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, no, nah, you know they're. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's just once again the the strength for the script writing just really shows through because you've got so many different perspectives, so many different characters, and it doesn't really seem cluttered at all. Um, you know, like okay, 
Katie is is great because normally normally what they do with normally with this kind of movie, um, you know, your fish out of water character that's you know has to get explained to us mythology to as the main character, but Katie's Katie's different because she's the fish out of water, so it's almost more natural for Shang-Chi and Xilin, uh to be talking, you know, and that's how these things get explained to Katie. It just, it just works better that way. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Aquafina, I mean, like, I, I haven't seen anything she's in either. I, I'm a, she's a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. And a rapper. And, and a rapper. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but either way, uh, she's fantastic in this movie, um, you know, and, and just really a, a, a strong uh, part of, of of the movie. And, and you know, and, and I was really happy that, you know, she's part of the, you know, after credit scene because that means, you know, that Disney has plans for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I'm, uh, I, I'm real intrigued to see where, where those two characters go, how they, how they move forward with those two characters. Um, I, I, th- I think you have a, have a, uh, have a real, uh, hit the nail on the head there moment where, uh, um, you compared it to like Killmonger. Cause I, you know, I, I, I am going to be intrigued to see how, how Jaleel Ling, you know, uses the, uh, the, the 10 rings there. Um, and, uh, you know, here, the, the interesting thing about this movie is, you know, like, you know, Jaleel Ling's awesome in it, but, you know, there's, you know, she's, She's not really a heroic character, you know, in the sense that, like, you know, like, she's out to save the world. I mean, she's very proud of the fact that she's built that, you know, underground flight club up by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like, at, at the end of the movie, where you, when you see her on the throne, uh, that was not shocking to me at all, you know. Uh, particularly in, a, in the sense where a lot of this movie's themes are about you know, being what you're supposed to be and, you know, fulfilling, you know, uh, you know, all using all of your gifts uh, to their abilities, abilities to, the, to the best of your abilities and, and, you know, feel, finding your place in this world. You know, if, if it, yeah, yeah, Shang-Chi does that, but, you know, you can argue by the end of the movie, Zai Ling's done that as well. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, I think that'll be an, intriguing to see how they, uh, how they, how they, weave that into the to the rest of this uh story yeah i um i'm i'm also um on the i plan on looking up more about aquafina after after this um because i didn't know she was a rapper and i knew she was an actress um and i knew she did stand up um but i i can't remember the last time i have laughed as as hard in a film than when there is a ten rings assassin in front of her and she starts singing Hotel California um, to attempt to distract him. Mm-hmm. I, I that struck me so funny. It just it it just played so perfectly. Um, so yes, I will definitely be looking up. It kind more of works. It kind of does work. Yeah, he like he gets like a second um, before. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, but. You know, jump, jumping right in, doing the 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 finale, um, Jenny. So the end credit scene, um, of course, Wong, you know, comes back and uh, gets Shang-Chi and, and Katie from, from the bar um, and drinks that woman's drink just right in front of her um, like a boss, you know. Um, 
and uh, then they walk off, and then they are looking at the at the ten rings and trying to figure out kind of what's going on with them. What are your kind of thoughts on where? The, what is your speculation on where this is going? Um, well, I mean, I think we all know Mephisto, right? Like that's yes, once again, Mephisto. I, I personally hope Mephisto is actually never in the MCU now. I hope that he is the eternal thought oh that God. never actually happens. You know, <coughs> Jimmy, that no. was so good. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I mean, I, there's just I, this phase of the MCU is so interesting to me because I'm not good at predicting any of it really. Like I just like I'm just along for the ride. I'm just like enjoying it all. Like I, I don't know, you know. I mean, I look up theories. Obviously, mm -hmm. I had a lot of theories about Loki, uh, but you know, like it's just it can go anywhere. It's just the the possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. No. Maybe Mephisto. Maybe my first time. Yeah, who knows? Could be Agatha. It could, it could be. It could be Agatha, you know? Um, we did get a uh, cameo appearances by Bruce and Carol. Yeah, that was and really I, was, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And I thought it was weird, too, that nobody mentions it, but, like, Bruce's arm is in, like, a splint. It, I kind of took that because it was at the end of... Uh, actually... No, what no, Wait, no bigger thing is yeah. that he's Bruce. Wait, you're, you're 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 missing the. Oh yeah, he's not he Professor is. Hulk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, yeah. Screw the rings, right? Like, what's no. that? So why? Armin is thing makes sense because I'm assuming this takes place pretty soon after Endgame. Yeah, and he after he did the snap because he his arm was in a sling when he was oh. Professor Hulk, but. I, I didn't even make the connection that he's Bruce again. When, do you think we'll find out why he's I Bruce? Guys, this is happening real time on the podcast, and my <laughs> mind is exploding. Um, or do you think man. it was an accident on... No, no, nothing's ever an no, accident. No, I do not think it was an accident. I don't think it's ever an accident. <laughs> that, that was an accident. <laughs> no, no this, this, this ain't DC, man. Yeah. E, ooh, well, and Carol's ooh. hair is really long now. That's oh, because she had the short hair. Yeah, like, this so, so so this is. I think they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, Carol Carol's hair being long, I think goes is uh, with the comics because it's just, you know, that 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 visual of her in the in the space, which is like flowing hair and everything, just looks so awesome. Well, right, but you can't. I mean, but in Endgame, yeah, she does have the short hair. No, so I'm like, I, mean, I understand the aesthetic of it. I'm saying it's weird how fast your hair grew back. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is like, okay, what I say uh, sometime after, because like they're they're talking about in that. I mean, earlier in that scene, they're talking about time after the snap. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm thinking the like, blip. yeah, the blip. Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, somewhere between three and six months afterwards, mm -hmm. you know, because that that would explain why his arm's still in a sling because you're not going to be fully recovered from having the uh, uh, the gauntlet explode, you know, on you, uh, you know. I, I, I would Even assume. If you are the Hulk. Well, what? Okay, another question. What if it never recovers? What if he? What if his arm is just like permanently just like that because I mean, that's of it? Possible. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, because like you said, like her hair is long again, you know, and I know I know that might seem like a silly thing. But since we're just making speculations at this point, like that could easily put them at like a year, maybe. He also looks noticeably older. He has gray hair. He does. He yeah. looks way older. Yeah. 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 
which could just be a lead into She Hulk coming out uh, next year or the year after. I'm not sure. It uh, could and, be. You know, yeah. They could also be variants of each other. Who knows? Whoa. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. There are possibilities. Like, it just yeah, doesn't. Not... There's so many it things. Is, though. It what is do be... you mean? We just How would it be a variant of so there's a variant the timeline's of, broken, bro. So there's a variant of the Hulk. Like, the timeline is broken, bro. I agree the timeline's broken, sis. But like, you had a variant of of Bruce Banner break in and what kill the other Bruce Banner. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I mean, we all know Bruce could have been like, "What up, dude?" He'd be like, "Hey," and then he could be like working. Yeah, you know, you know. The, the variants are working together. Yeah, I now? mean, it's probably what's happening in Spider Man, right? So anyway, we've really got off track. Man, here, so. yeah, no, but this has been great, you know. <laughs> um, Al, um, leading in from that, <laughs> thoughts on the uh, post credit scene? Um, yeah, so um, that post-credit scene was one of the more frustrating uh, post-credit scenes that the MCU has done in a while, in my opinion, because um, that post-credit scene, like... They have perfected the art of using post-credit scenes to ask significantly more questions than they answer. Yeah, um, exhibit A. Like. <laughs> because that, that scene told me that so much weird stuff is going on, and it told me zero about what to expect. Like, um, and, like, it's wild. So, because you have Wong showing up, which I have to say, I'm a little bit sour that we jumped to the end of the film before we talk about the fact that Wong was in a cage fight with the Abomination. And, and then oh, the trailer, and everybody was just like, oh, I wonder what that's going to be about. And the explanation was just that Wong occasionally goes and fights the Abomination in cage fights. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. <laughs> That was that was probably the best explanation for that scene I could have asked for. Is that that's just what Wong does in his free time, um, but um, but um, to me that asks questions as well because everything with Wong was like just <laughs> a total screw with your mind thing in this film. Because are you telling me that the abomination is just hanging out with Wong now? Yeah, why not? Like is, is he, he like? Why is that weird to you? <laughs> is he not evil anymore? I mean, is he evil stay evil in, in the Hulk comics? I mean, he you goes know? back and yep. forth. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure, but in the context of the MCU, that's kind of a big deal. That the weird thing that like jacked up a good chunk of the city like thirteen years ago is now just like chilling with Wong. I don't know. That I think that is going to carry a few more implications in the future than a lot of... I just hope we get a TV show. Before. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great, honestly. But, um, no, and so Wong, he takes them from the bar, and they're examining the rings. Um, and... Bruce, who, as you all have pointed out, except for Jacob, which apparently it went completely over his head, um, Bruce, who's not Professor Hulk anymore, um, um, says 
that like oh no like um and the readings off the rings um indicate that they're way older than that um i'm not sure what that implies but that seems like kind of an interesting line to just like have in there um um and then not only is carol's hair long now but like that's a that's a very different version of carol than we've seen in the mcu so far in my opinion where just how she interacts with everybody else in the room um she just has a lot more energy she seems to have like a more optimistic kind of vibe she has like um a little inside joke with bruce that she does about how he has her phone number to give people like it struck me as a very different not bad obviously but a very different version of carol than what we've seen so far in the mcu so like that brings to my mind questions about how like where in the timeline the stuff with her and the Marvel's film is going on because she had to she apparently had a call and had to go um, attend to something and we know that's a project that's coming out like that scene asks so many questions in such a short amount of time it was really impressive um so yeah that was a that was a crazy post-credit scene um very annoying and frustrating in a lot of ways but yeah it was crazy <laughs> well I, as far as carol goes not to get too off subject here you know one of the things that <laughs> one of the frustrating things about the captain marvel movie uh and i know me and you have talked about this and then the frustrating thing about how captain marvel has been presented so far is that just because of the situation they put the character in you don't really get to know the character as the character is presented in all other media. Mm. So like, for example, in the Captain Marvel movie, 80% of the time she's uh, an, an amnesiac. So you only get like really, I would say in the entire movie, maybe three human interactions out of Carol. And like one of them is a flashback sequence. Mm. So like you've got that. Then of course an end game, like, it's not really a whole lot of time to be, you know, jokey smurf and end game, <laughs> you know, but like what I'm saying is like, you know, they're one of the interesting things going forward with this character. And I can already tell you that they're going to get lambasted for it, but you're going to see a pretty much brand new captain Marvel in the Marvel movie, just out of just because, you know, because that's the first time you're going to meet that character in a lot of ways, you know, uh, the captain Marvel movie, I defend all the time, but, it doesn't mean it was the best way that that movie was done. And the fact that, you know, like, you know, at the end of this, at the end, of, you know, that was one of the things I thought at the end of this uh, uh, movie with this just little blip where she's on the screen, it's like, you know, we've had two likable moments with Carol Danvers and in, in all of this time, you know, on, on the, in all of her time in the MCU and neither one of them were in her own movie. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, uh, so at that, you know, you're right. I mean, but I, I do think there's a, there's a real like sense of we've got to, you know, we've got to, uh, uh, course correct this character, even though that character's movie did make $3 billion. 
you know, which is uh, quite a bit of money, but still. So I'll throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's true. All right. Any um, any closing thoughts? Any things that we haven't covered, guys? Anything else that anyone wants to say? No. There's going there's going oh. to be compl- I mean I, I haven't read any reviews. I know there's going to be complaints about the fact that uh, Ben Kingsley in this movie is basically useless, but I have no complaints about that at all. I, I think that was perfect. One Ben Kingsley is wonderful I mean, in this I, movie. I agree. He doesn't um, add anything to the movie other than he's the reason that we meet Morris. Okay. Know. Well, I'm sorry. That's pretty important. That's very important, like, sir. Okay, but what I'm That's saying enough. is like you could have you could have done that in so many different ways, you know. Sir, you can hand in your resignation tomorrow. Okay. Right. You can, you can just. The this animals is... in this movie were just. Mwah. Yeah, no, I, I loved all of them. Uh, is this gonna there be was a, a nine tail. Is this gonna like... is this gonna be an Agatha thing again, where y'all just completely misinterpret what I say on the podcast? Yes, yeah, because okay. you're well, you you're, you're, you're both I team Agatha. Talk, when did I talk so that? he's team Agatha. He's team Agatha. He's anti Morris. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just telling you what we heard, that Josh. Was cold. You know, that was, cold. That, was, that was unnecessary. No, I. Uh, just keeping it 100. Wow. Ben Kingsley is one person I did forget to kind of mention. I actually really enjoyed them bringing him back because I know a lot of people hated you know his characterization in the in Iron Man three. I actually loved it. I thought um, it was hilarious. Particularly now, I love it even more because of how, like. The actual uh, leader of the Ten Rings, you know, kidnapped him and everything, and and him apparently doing Macbeth is what saves his life. I think that is just beautiful. I I, I loved everything about Ben Kingsley's movie. I'm gonna tell you why I love it. I love the fact that Sir Ben Kingsley, exactly, one of the most important <laughs> actors of the 20th century, just literally, literally played Gandhi. Okay, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I'm gonna show up in this Marvel movie to hug a CGI teddy bear <laughs> and then just like pretend to be an idiot through the whole thing. Like that was so beautiful. Like yeah. I have never had more respect for an actor <laughs> than I do that man. I swear. You know, there, there's a lot of self-serious actors out there. Ben Kingsley is not one of them, and that that's what I love about him. And that's and. And uh, to the enjoyment of all of us, yes. in, in that in that sense. All right, guys. Well, we are going um, to. End on, oh yes, Al. Excuse me. Oh yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, <laughs> and um, I just want to say this is one of um, this is one of the projects. This is one of the movies that we had been waiting a really long time for, just uh, because of the delays from. Um, the COVID restrictions and the things like that. Um, um, and I want to reiterate, this movie is awesome. Um, it really, really is. Uh, I'm going to go watch it again um, this coming week. Um, it's it's really great. The story is awesome. The cast is awesome. The action is awesome. It's an incredible film. Um, and all that to say... Um, that um that that representation in in things like these and in films and in comic book projects and fandoms in general um is really really important um 
And I mean, I can't think of an easier, more enjoyable way to show support and solidarity with the Asian community than to go and watch a really super awesome kick-ass film. Um, So I want to encourage everyone to go and see it. One, because it's just really, really good. Um, And two, um, because, you know, the Asian community has had it rough. Um, and there hasn't always been a big light shown on on the prejudices and the struggles that they have faced over the years. Um, and so, again, I can't think of an easier, more enjoyable way to show that kind of support and solidarity um, for Asian representation than to go see one of the best MCU films <laughs> in theaters. So, so everybody, please go and be safe as you go out. And see it please wear your mask and be vaccinated but please go and watch this because again that's that's as easy as advocacy and support can be is to watch something this enjoyable i on that note i mean i could not agree more yeah um definitely be safe you know wear a mask be vaccinated just like al said but yes this this is a movie that deserves to deserves your attention um not only just because it is awesome, but but because uh, the representation is very very important. Um, so yeah, I could not agree more. Um, and and on that note, you know, speaking of the representation and how important it is, the same way that we that we say Phantom is for everyone, it is. You know, this movie's for everyone. You know, Phantom is for everyone because no matter where where you were born, no matter. <clears throat> Your race, creed, religion, ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, any anything, fandom is for you. There is something out there for you, and that is so, so very important. Um, and that's just what we always end on by saying fandom is for everyone. It's all-encompassing. Um, you always have a safe space here, and you know all these companies are working towards making sure that there is something for everyone. Um, some of them are a bit behind um in some ways and uh you know but but they're they're getting there and so yeah so we just want to thank you all so much for listening we'll be back uh, next week we've got some fun things planned for the end of comic-con that's gonna be a lot of fun for us uh we're gonna be doing a, it'll be a live stream on instagram so definitely check that out i'll also be making a post later this week and then we've got a very special podcast the week after which we are very excited for it. We're not announcing it until the live stream, so you're definitely going to check that out. But, uh, yeah, thank you all once again, and we'll see you all. You have a good night. Cowabunga.